Welcome to Hope Community Church, East Toledo campus. I am Pastor Jeremy. I introduced myself earlier when I got to do the amazing thing of baptizing four or three people and witnessing a fourth. For those of you who uh, don't really know what that means, it is a person saying, yes, I believe Jesus is the Messiah. It's a person that is accepting the inheritance that God promised to Jesus and to Abraham. It's a promise of eternity in heaven. That's an amazing thing. You know, that's, that is so cool. And, and I'm just so happy we got to celebrate it. Today's message is about restoration, which is kind of cool. You know, it's Easter, so Jesus is restored. He comes back, and uh, we get to celebrate. This is the big, big Christian holiday. Christmas is, is pretty important. Don't get me wrong. Christmas is pretty important, and we like Christmas a lot. But Easter is even more so because, man, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then I would call ourselves Christians. If you believe that, you are a Christian. Amen. So today is restoration. Jesus can restore everyone. Not just the people that came into church saved, right? <laughs> He's already done that. But Jesus can save everyone, every person. Believer, non-believer, black, white, poor, rich, everyone. We just watched a sketch, which is our wonderful acting guild over at the Oregon campus. Uh, and they acted out the three stories we're going to be talking about today, which is the story of the, Jesus' interaction with Mary, with Thomas, and with Peter. And, uh, you know, this is the interaction of alive Jesus, not a ghost Jesus, not a zombie Jesus, not a, a hallucination Jesus, but a real-life live Jesus. So if you want to, and you are a reader and a follow-alonger, in the Bible, we're going to be in uh, the book of John, chapter 20 specifically. If you have a Bible, cool. If you don't have a Bible, we have a few on the side table here. Feel free to grab one. If I have this cool little, uh, maybe, if you have the Bible app, I'll just walk you through it. If you have uh, the Bible app from version, you can go to the live events, and we are live right now. Not really video live, but you can follow along the verses that I already picked out for you, which is pretty cool, and take notes. Or you can just listen to, to me talk about it. You have all these options, all right? So the first interaction we come to is in G John 20, verses 10 through 8. This is the first appearance Jesus makes that is recorded, at least. And this is the story of Mary. <clears throat> then the disciples went back to where they were staying. That's verse 10. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Teacher, 
Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus can restore everyone. Jesus came, and the first person that he talks to in a patriarchal world, right, which means men are on top, is a woman. That's the first person who gets to hear the good news that he's come back from the dead. Jesus can restore everyone. Then Jesus comes and meets with 11 of the disciples. Poor Thomas. Poor Thomas was out going to the bathroom or something or going to get some food or went to 7-Eleven because he missed Jesus coming back. Jesus comes back and, and tells them all these crazy things of what to do. And Thomas comes back, and this is from John 20, 24 through 31. Now Thomas, poor Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas is probably like a lot of us today. A lot of the people who don't believe that Jesus, you know, came back uh, and sacrificed himself and, and performed all these miracles, don't believe because they don't see. People want to see to believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. Jesus restored somebody who was doubting. And then finally we have the end of John, John 21, 15, through 19. Jesus is, is going out onto the beach. The disciples have returned to, to fishing because that's, that's what they know. I mean, the person that they followed for three years had just been killed on the cross and for all they knew and understood was dead. And was, that was the end of it. So they went back to fishing. That's what they're good at. And they're quite good at fishing. But Jesus goes out there and starts a fire and starts cooking, and he says, have you caught any fish yet? And they said, nope, not yet. And he says, well, why don't you try and throw the net onto the right side of the boat? And they did. I don't know, you know what prompted them to just listen to some dude on the, the land that says fish on this side. But they did, and they had a huge haul of fish. A huge haul of fish. And then at that moment, they recognized and realized that it was Jesus who was talking to them. And Peter wrapped himself up and jumped out into the water and swam to him. And just a little bit of backstory. When Jesus was crucified, he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, of course, no, I'm not going to. And what happens? We can read it. Peter denies him three times. And so now this is this interaction they have together. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Probably the other disciples. 
Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Because the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. How many times did Jesus ask Peter if he, if he loved him? Three times. Three times Peter denied Jesus. He had to be restored And it's no coincidence that there are three restorations in this story. Mary, the brokenhearted, Thomas, the doubter, and Peter, the betrayer. Let me ask you, what do you need to be restored? What is holding you back from following Jesus at all, or even 100%. Jesus is who he says he is. His death, this whole past week we talked about, Holy Week and the, the trauma and the sadness that comes along with it. And his death was not very pretty or warranted. But we get to this day where Jesus, after having just died and come back to life, gets busy with ministry and starts restoring people to his Father. He is who he says he is. Three times in this past session we just read, this past series, which is the Red Letter series, three times he told his disciples he would be crucified and he would rise from the dead. Three times he told them, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is telling us all the stuff he's going to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then it goes on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus did not come to condemn you. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. That's good news, church. Jesus is a savior and a restorer. A man and God who walked this earth, who was perfect without blemish, became broken so that the brokenness in you can be restored. I want you, I want you to I want you allow, to allow Jesus to, to call your name. To speak your name like he did to Mary. I want you to stick your hands in the holes like doubting Thomas. And I want him to let, you, let him restore you like he did to Peter. 
Jesus knows exactly what you need to be restored back to the relationship with the Father. That's probably different for everybody. And Jesus, Jesus' grace is big enough to do that for each of you. Like I said earlier, Jesus' grace does not run out for the 40 people that meet here normally on a Sunday morning or the 200 people that meet the Oregon campus. Or the grace doesn't stop there. Today's message is, is not very long because we witnessed God's grace right here through four people. I can't top that. All I can do is invite you and ask you, what do you need to allow Jesus to do in your life to restore you? It's that simple. Answer that question and allow Jesus to do it. And your reward and your restoration is eternity in heaven. Next week, we're starting a new series. I invite you all back, obviously. I know some of you are from like Indiana and you probably won't be driving back every Sunday. But if you do, that's awesome. I mean, that's cool. Come on back. Next week, we're starting a new series called Margin. We're all busy people, right? We all have stuff in our lives that take up our time, but we need to create some margin in our lives. Because I believe then when you take time and listen and invite God to speak to you, and you set aside time for that, he's going to interact with you. So come back and we'll talk about margin. So the next steps, I already asked you the question, what does Jesus need to do to restore you to relationship with the Father? It's simple. A lot of you might have to start at step one. Just start in prayer. Prayer doesn't have to be does not have to be stuffy and awkward. Most of my praying time happens when I'm driving in the car, just to let you know. So I'm sorry if I'm distracted. I apologize. Don't drive near me on a Sunday afternoon because I'll be praying. But it doesn't have to be in a church at the altar on your knees. You might end up there. Jesus might bring you to that spot, but you don't have to be there. Just talk to God. He's listening. And then listen. And then listen. And then if you get there, join a small group of some sort. Church doesn't stop, start and stop on a Sunday morning for one hour. We are the church. If you're a believer, guess what? You're the church. So join a small group and then serve people. We're going to sing two more songs. Uh, to finish out this service. I invite you all, and I'll come back up here in a, in a couple songs, but I invite you all, afterwards, we're gonna, we're gonna open the communion table. And the way we do this uh, on this particular Sunday is you are welcome to come up and take communion after service, or you're not. I mean, it's up to you. If you feel uh, so moved, uh, I will be right up here after service. And the table is open to everybody, not just believers, not just those who are sanctified, 
even if you're at the lowest of your low today, the table is open because the grace of Jesus is always open. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for, for coming to this earth through Jesus and offering up a sacrifice that we could never, ever, ever top and that we don't deserve. I thank you that, that Jesus is a restorer and not a condemner or a divider, but his mission was to bring people back to you. That is that is good news, God. I thank you for the work that you've done, for the people who've already come into your family, but the, the four people that said yes to your son today and the more people that will say yes tomorrow and say yes the next day and in the coming years, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your saving grace. Amen.